So, as with a lot of things in my life, <laughs> um, it seems it seems I somehow experience a good bit of backwards compatibility, in the sense that um, the end ar- uh, <laughs> the end arrives before the beginning, in some some ways. Uh, you know, a lot of times I end up learning something or doing something and I'm, you know, like I figure it out and then the article or the YouTube video I wish I could have seen appears afterwards. <laughs> that has happened many, many times in my life. It's almost as if it's like, it's like I can't catch a break. <laughs> um, and that's kind of what is happening now. Uh, with today's podcast Um, because I want to start at the end okay so what I want to do here is I want to read some excerpts from one of my favorite books ever of all times Um, I'm going to read read from the book and then we're going to go into what what got written today so I guess to kind of explain that first of all the book is called the war of art and it is the shit. If you hold on, there's a bug. Okay. So if if you have, if you're a human, if you're a person, right, you should read this book. It. <laughs> I was gonna say like I was gonna give you some classifications or some labels or some like how to decide if this book is meant for me. But if you found this podcast and you've been engaged up till this point, or you've never, you know, never been engaged before and somehow landed on this then this book is for you. It's called The War of Art. And, um, you know, when I first encountered it, it was as if the author was describing for me um, what I was up against in regards to uh, moving towards my dreams. And it was a breath of fresh air. It almost became almost a religion for me. It was just like I went so hard in the paint with The War of Art. I even started like study groups about it and I ran groups and brought pieces of the book into it and we talked about it and it's it didn't really work that well because like like any like any really powerful message or wisdom um it's almost not it's not meant to be talked about it's meant to be lived and so that's kind of the that's kind of like that's kind of how this book is it's like you know, I do not believe I'd be able to do this intro had I not lived it before recording today, <laughs> which is why I mentioned that this is kind of a backwards episode because this morning resistance was hitting me full force. I, I did not, no inspiration. I didn't want to do shit this morning. I woke up, it was, it was kind of like just a dull malaise, just a kind of a grayness and you know I did my I did my routine I went with my routine the prayers the meditations the reading and I'm sitting out there I'm just like man dude like I do not want to sit at the computer I have no idea what I want to write about nothing is coming to mind I'm I don't know what's going on and um, you know and that's you know I I so I encountered some of this stuff this morning, and that's what this piece that that I wrote about, or this whatever what's what's going to come after this part that you'll you'll hear is my encounter 
with resistance this morning. And, uh, but before that, what I want to do is I want to read through uh, the intro to this book and just an excerpt or two. And, uh, and then we'll go into, <laughs> we'll go into the fucking bullshit, <laughs> whatever it is I had to deal with this morning. We'll go into that. But, um, yeah, I want to say this. Um, I just, I, I guess I just want to extend some gratitude to Mr. Pressfield, Stephen, uh, because there was a time when I was trying to make sense of who I, you know, what I'm still what I'm doing. Basically, <laughs> there was a time when I was being myself <laughs> and uh, I didn't have any mentors. I didn't have any, I, I, I felt, I've, I felt alone, really. Um, and I was listening to people and listening to podcasts and reading Pressfield's work and, and listening to Seth Godin and Brian Koppelman and all these, all these other artists. I was really, I was really just hanging on, um, and their stories, their messages, their, their ways of looking at things helped me stay afloat in a time that was really tough for me. And I used to send, I would send emails occasionally to Seth and Stephen and I would just check in about my progress of where I was at with what I was pursuing, you know, in regards to my own artistry. And, um, man, they, they always responded. They always hit me back. And um, it's just awesome. It's, it was just awesome. So I just want to extend some gratitude to those guys um, because, you know, it kind of it means a lot to someone who's in the uh, <laughs> who's in the struggle and just, is just trying to, you know, trying to trying to make their way and whatever that looks like. And then one of these authors, one of these people that, that are that are being helpful, actually reach out and say, yo, bro, like, keep going. So. That's a little little thank you to to Seth and Steve before we get going. But uh, yeah, this is uh, what we're about to read here is an excerpt from Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art. Going in. What I know. There's a secret that real writers know that wannabe writers don't. And the secret is this. It's not the writing part that's hard. What's hard is sitting down to write. What keeps us from sitting down is resistance. Most of us have two lives, the life we live and the unlived life within us. Between the two stands resistance. Have you ever bought a home treadmill and let it gather dust in the attic? Ever quit a diet, a course of yoga, a meditation practice? Have you ever bailed out on a call to embark upon a spiritual practice? Have you ever wanted to be a mother, a doctor, late at night? Have you experienced a vision of the person you might become, the work you could accomplish, 
the realized being you were meant to be. Are you a writer who doesn't write? A painter who doesn't paint? An entrepreneur who never starts a venture? Then you know what resistance is. Resistance is the most toxic force on the planet. It is the root of more unhappiness than poverty, disease, erectile dis- <laughs> and erectile dysfunction. <laughs> to yield to resistance deforms our spirit. It stunts us and makes us less than we are and were born to be. From the age of 24 to 32, resistance kicked my ass from east coast to west and back again 13 times, and I never even knew it existed. I looked everywhere for the enemy and failed to see it right in front of my face. Have you heard this story? Woman learns she has cancer, six months to live. Within days, she quits her job, resumes the dream of writing Tex-Mex songs she gave up to raise a family, (laughs) or starts studying classical Greek or moves to the inner city and devotes herself to tending babies with AIDS. Women's friends think she's crazy. She herself has never been happier. There's a postscript. Woman's cancer goes into remission. Is that what it takes? Do we have to stare death in the face to make us stand up and confront resistance? Does resistance have to cripple and disfigure our lives before we wake up to its existence? And this part right here, this is I'm breaking the fourth wall. This part right here is... Um, This is good. Here we go. (laughs) How many of us have become drunks and drug addicts, developed tumors and neuroses, succumbed to painkillers, gossip, and compulsive cell phone use simply because we don't do that thing our hearts, our inner genius, is calling us to? Resistance defeats us. If tomorrow morning, by some stroke of magic, every dazed and benighted soul woke up with the power to take the first step toward pursuing his or her dreams every shrink in the directory would be out of business. Prisons would stand empty. The alcohol and tobacco industries would collapse, along with the junk food, cosmetic surgery, and infotainment businesses, not to mention pharmaceutical companies, hospitals, and the medical profession from top to bottom. Domestic abuse would become extinct, as would addiction, obesity, migraine headaches, road rage, and dandruff. Look in your own heart. Unless I'm crazy, right now a still, small voice is piping up, telling you as it has 10,000 times before, the calling that is yours and yours alone. You know it. No one has to tell you. And unless I'm crazy, you're no closer to taking action on it than you were yesterday or will be tomorrow. You think resistance isn't real? Resistance will bury you. You know, Hitler wanted to be an artist. At 18, he took his inheritance, 700 Kronen, and moved to Vienna to live and study. He applied to the Academy of Fine Arts and later to the School of Architecture. Ever see one of his paintings? Neither have I. Resistance beat him. Call it overstatement, but I'll say it anyway. It was easier for Hitler to start World War II than it was for him to face a blank square of canvas.
Well, I wasn't feeling anxious before, but now I am. Because I woke up with nothing to say, no ideas or topics or interest in recording or writing. I haven't felt inspired to do anything all morning. In fact, the reasons I've created for participating in this work are fading away. My brain is beginning to convince me that what I'm doing is inherently selfish. It's telling me that all of this is a nuance, a nuisance, that it's harmful. That I am emboldening a part of myself that needs to die off. That the writing and the podcast is blocking me off from the world, preventing me from engaging. It wants me to ignore the task for today, the mission. It wants me to fold in the towel and do what? I can't think of anything else to do. So I revert to what I know to be true. Your mind isn't here to help you. In fact, it's trying to hurt you. It's thinking itself out of action, out of discipline and commitment. And at times there's a voice talking back, fighting against the other voice. This is normal, par for course. Your ship set sail two weeks ago with a course unknown and now you're in the grind. You're in the seas and there's no land in sight. You've been rowing for days and feel you're getting nowhere. And that's as it should be. You don't look up, you don't plot another course, you don't steer sideways, you keep your head down, grip the oars, and keep going. It's like the two wolves story. In every person there are two wolves, a good wolf and a bad wolf, and every day they're duking it out. And the fate of the world depends on which of these two wolves won the day. And the winner is always decided by the wolf that got fed. I think it's a great story, but pretty much useless for where I'm at. Because none of the voices are good. As a matter of fact, it's psychotic. Why sit here and listen to myself, try to convince myself to do or not to do? I need to sit my ass down and do. Get to the gym, go to the laptop, eat the eggs, fill out the paperwork, fold the laundry, just do the thing. I even thought about reading The War of Art as a means of avoiding this screen, this page. I figured, heck, I read some Bruce Lee yesterday. Why don't I just download The War of Art and find some stuff in there to read about, to talk about? I mean, it's relatable. It seems to be where I'm at, but no. Fuck that. <laughs> or just do it backwards. <laughs> I'm trying to learn how to think, how to be, how to have my own voice. That would have been phoning it in. Laziness. And the only reason is because somehow I could tell I was in full-blown avoidance mode, full-blown escape mode. And the reason I could tell is because it's not me, it's luck, which is most of what life is made of and where most ideas arise from. And I would venture to say that most of what we say, do, or create draws from pure luck. And none of this shit that I'm writing or speaking needs to be good. It's a process-oriented way of living I am adapting to. And here's the kicker. It's a way of living, not a result of living. Which brings me to orientation, position. 
all I have to do is show up for the thing. Put myself in a position for something new to happen, something fresh for growth to occur. And the barrier is there. It's resistance, anxiety, procrastination, and self-talk. I can tell it's the real deal when my body feels totally fine, but my brain is trying to convince me of all sorts of shit. And that's where the real work is. And it's an exercise. It's a muscle learning to do the thing you don't want to do. Pushing the weight. Yesterday, I went out to eat with my folks, and we were talking about meditation and the untethered soul and all this mystic philosophy stuff, and my mom asked me something. I can't remember what it was, but she seemed confused by what I had to say. Anything you think is not true. And her face scrunched in deep in thought as she attempted to onboard the idea. Anything you think is not true. And I'm going to expand on it now just to try and land it, but the reality is this. It just is. It's what's happening, what's occurring in a moment in time. The only thing that's real. And what I think or feel or believe about reality separates me from the total expression of what is. And yes, thoughts are part of that, but they aren't that. Thoughts are just passing leaves, dead on arrival. And you are the only one experiencing them. And when we listen to them, we separate ourselves from the experience of living and being with others, with the world, with reality. Where, and this is where reality is, where life is happening, where the moment is. It's here, the only place we'll ever be until (laughs) your brain starts telling you you don't need to write or exercise or fold the laundry or work on that thing because that's when you'll know where you need to go.
I'm used to it by now.